to welcome shivansh to opening up with dipansh rahul um first of all we know each other for i guess about 2 years now we've been following yeah, each other for a while right and i just love your journey of content creation and i know we have been Thanks. in touch with each other on text we have done a podcast on your channel as well like 2 years ago yeah yeah you were uh, very one of the few uh, first guests ever on my podcast and and feels great to be connected again and thanks so much for inviting me here i'm really excited i've never done a long format podcast before so you know really um going to be putting me on the hot seat as we were discussing before and uh get the most out of this conversation as candidly as we can i'm so glad to have you here and here's the very first question i ask all of my guests um how would i love to one introduce you uh can you say that again how would a loved one introduce you how would a loved one introduce me that's a very interesting question um i think compassionate would be the the first of the few words that would be coming around of course i it might depend on different people but compassionate should be the one and how would they introduce you what do you do to earn money um i sell and i sell good <laughs> ah you're in sales yeah i'm working in sales at the moment it's like uh, you know some a child dream of mine comes true i've always wanted to be in sales and now working in a great organization here in sydney in sales is uh, just like that kid chasing his dream and just going after you know things and learning evolving in the way so really grateful for the work really interesting because uh, i found myself to be running in the opposite direction of sales but eventually mm-hmm. finding myself to be in a business where i have to do sales and <laughs> so remember you well, know uh, yeah, yeah go, go it's on. a great story i was just saying dipan should be a sales advocate i would say like after listening to all these great uh you know uh, people themselves uh, selling is everywhere we're always selling something to someone yeah. even even if we are not particularly in business or our job particularly involves sales we're always selling something to your friends family members uh your colleagues and stuff so it's very funny uh i want to ask you and put you in a hot seat a uh, hot seat for a while and uh just ask you like you know when you took a break from sales and then did your own thing and then you're coming back at it again has your uh construct or the meaning of sales has changed in that duration so i'll tell you about it so uh i grew up in a business hardcore business family like all of my like paternal side maternal side everybody has their own shops and stores All right. right so i grew up obviously sitting on you know like on my store when i was like in 10 11 12 years old so i yeah. knew what negotiation meant when you know like you're asking them to pay you 100 bucks and they're like no we'll pay you 80 bucks so i knew right. what negotiation means when i was 10 right the nitty and gritty and, of it you know where the exactly. real stuff happens so you know you'll know somebody that you know this person is a regular and he is going to negotiate So if the product is a hundred, I usually sell it at hundred. I, I tell him that it's one ten because it's going to level it up. You know something like that. It's a really minor right. detail. Uh, but then I was really for a few years I was really into academics, and I wanted to uh, do a PhD and go really deep about research and stuff. I, I studied right. biotechnology. So um, what what would have been your uh, area of focus in your thesis if you went for it? DNA genetics. Right. and that's interesting i was so passionate about it but then certain uh, situations happened in the family and i had to quit my studies in between like 
I did my graduation, uh, but then I knew that you know there's need of money, and I don't want to take any more loans because it will create right. unnecessary uh, pressure and something. And then I started doing this marketing. And then I hmm. discovered that I really love marketing and sales. It's a kind of right. a part of my DNA. <laughs> Right, what was your first yeah. experience with it? Like that felt like, oh, this is you know, this is where I should be. So first of all, I was really great at calculating, uh, you know, numbers. That that was mm. one thing. And That's the engineer thing, in you. <laughs> the second thing would be uh, I was really, really, really interested in the concept of sales. You know, like you are just like convincing someone. It's like yeah. so much of psychology in it, and that that always fascinated me. That's been my experience with sales. And now that you know you are a solopreneur, you are a freelancer, or whatever, you have to take part of sales as well. So sales, marketing, mm. ad, administration, all right, these are different areas of your business. You also did an MBA, right? Yeah. So I studied Masters of Commerce at University of Sydney, and that was why uh, I'm in Australia right now. So in 2019, after you know doing my graduation in Delhi, I was born and raised in Delhi. That's where I've spent 20 years of my life. And at 21, I decided to come to Australia and pursue Masters of Commerce. And after graduation, I got a job. And that's the short uh, time frame of me being in Sydney. Being here for three years, it doesn't feel like that I've been here for that long because you know in 2000 last year, everything just got locked down and. Uh, You're just stuck at your house, so doesn't feel it's been three years, man. So do you still count twenty twenty as a whole year? I don't count it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Because what was it a what was a small blip <laughs> that happened a glitch in the yeah. matrix? <laughs> <laughs> Because it doesn't feel like a whole year, you know. Like it's just like oh, I still feel like you know we were going out and having food and everything in like February twenty twenty, and suddenly it's like July twenty twenty one. It yep. seems like one and a half years been there. Right. And what? Let, let, do you want to talk about it? Like, why does it? Is it a common theme? Like, because it's not just for us. I think a lot of people listening to us might also have felt that uh, you know lapse time where they don't remember much of it, and you know maybe we can probe deeper if there are any issues or any things to be discussed sure. there. So uh, I believe, on in in my opinion, that uh, certain periods, uh, certain people have. a lot going on in this one and a half years and certain people like for them time lapses like this right right uh, for me a lot happened a lot happened to be honest but just hmm. for the fun of it i make it you know like it it, it went like a blip but yeah. uh, for me i quit my job it's been one year and i'm doing this full time otherwise in the in the start of 2020 my goal yeah. was to get a better job and get a great house And in the middle of it, I quit my job and doing my full time thing. <laughs> that is interesting. So for me, it went like this. Uh, how was it for you? Uh, I think for me, it's been a mixture of both. So I've been a part of uh, you know that party and that party at some place in some point of the time, particularly in 2020 because it was my last year at the university. So I still was studying while the COVID happened, and then just moving to virtual learning. It was a bit of a challenge. For me, and um, I'm not talking about the whole cohort or you know everyone from India coming and studying abroad. But speaking personally, I've never been uh, academically very good. Like I've been average enough to get by, but never the top of the you know cream and of the class. Mm-hmm. So 
when this all happened virtually, I was a bit, you know, worried how it's going to be because just staying away from your home, locked in your house, uh, just studying and everything is just in these confines of walls. So it did take a toll on mental health as well. But after that, I graduated and then things started uh, getting better and I found a job after that. So I think like that's when the things started happening pretty good because I was working towards something, a goal. And, you know, that's when you are most, most excited, as you mentioned, when you were transferring from the job and setting up your own business, that was probably the most exciting part. If you look back at your COVID situation. For sure, for sure. And how was, how was your experience with getting a job? Like, was it okay? Because some people say that it was getting a lot harder, you know, harder to get a job in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's not just for me, but at global uh, scale, you know, after COVID, this is the first time that we have been locked up in our houses for so so long of a time. So it did take a toil on how people and everything work. So I wouldn't really complain about it because, you know, as I mentioned that if you are, if you have skills and if you have uh, the right fit for the job market, you still might find the job. People are still looking for, yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you look at the, you know, like a lot of businesses actually uh, had a lot of gains last year. So at the same time, you know, there were job opportunities that so I wasn't complaining. I did try and maybe I applied to more than 50 or 60 jobs until one day, you know, coincidentally, one of my friends uh, told me about the sales job that she used to be working in. And that's how I got in. And uh, it's been great since then. Amazing. And uh, is it your first job? Uh, it is my first job. I've never worked in Australia before. So properly, I have done some volunteering here and there. Uh, this is a, a proper first job that I'm doing. How does it feel? Oh man, it's amazing. And uh, just to call my first job to be something that I'm so passionate and you know love to do, it's just it's just amazing uh, to say the least. What do you sell? So you we, yeah, so we are in a sales and marketing company, and we work with Australian uh, clients, and it's basically door-to-door -door sales. So, you know, one big part of my job that I find exciting is that me being from India and now being able to travel to these different suburbs, cities, even uh, states. So, you know, going to different places just for our work means that I'm traveling, exploring. The other part is that I'm getting to talk to people every single day. And then again, like, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to study and come to Australia was just to have that inter cultural you know, interaction with different people from all around the world because uh, that's where great conversations happen and you get a better sense, like your emotional well-being and everything starts improving once you put another lens to see things. So me interacting with these people is giving me that opportunity at the same time. And the workplace is amazing as well. Like everyone there wants to succeed and you know they're chasing after a goal that they have set. So it's a very exciting uh, workplace to be a part of as well. Uh, how did you find the Australian culture? It's been three years now, right? What were some yeah. surprises you got after coming there? Uh, I would say, like, <laughs> from my personal experience, I would say Australian culture is very laid back and relaxed. Uh, and don't get me wrong, like, people do people do work hard, but at the same time, they take, uh, you know, weekends seriously and just taking some time off to pursue different activities in their personal life, like running, fishing, uh, going on sales or anything, like, you know, just something that they, they they can spend their leisurely time at. So 
I think like that's a major difference that we have. I have found particularly back home. Like you know, my father is a very hardworking guy, and I've rarely seen him taking vacations or holidays. And he just like you know works very hard. So I think like that's one of the cultural differences in the same place. I'm not saying that which country works harder or not, but it's just that I believe that having a little bit of uh, me time or those breaks are crucial when you're working hard. So uh, I actually felt that kind of uh, vibe. Uh, or difference in Chandigarh and Delhi Gurgaon. So I lived in Delhi right. Gurgaon for about <laughs> yeah. one year, like three months in Delhi and six seven months in Gurgaon. And it was such a fast-paced, uh, you know, fast-paced uh, city, both Delhi yeah. and Gurgaon. And when I come back to Chandigarh, I studied in Chandigarh for three years. I went to you know for a job in Delhi Gurgaon, and then I came back again right. in Chandigarh. It's so laid back. It's so peaceful. It's so calm, and you know, <laughs> I just enjoy the vibe of the city. What's the what's your fun thing? What's your best uh, fun thing to do in the day that you can't do in Delhi or Gurgaon, but you can in Chandigarh? So Sukhna Lake. That's one of the main things. What is the it? Second thing. Uh, so Sukhna Lake is you know Sukhna Lake. Sorry. Uh no, I didn't All come right, across so, it yet. It's okay. So it's it's like a artificial lake, like mm-hmm. maybe. Two kilometers long, not a really big thing, but it's it's really right. peaceful. And uh, do you believe in astrology? Um, not so. Sometime okay. so, at at trivia quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I actually invited one of uh, life coaches, Lucy, on on my podcast, and she and I discussed about how even cities have different uh, astrological signs. Right. Okay, so she checked it up online, and uh, the uh, Delhi Delhi has fire sign as their mm-hmm. as, as their astrological sign. That means it's a fast paced, more uh, ambitious kind of uh, right. And Chandigarh has. Let me guess. Let from, me guess. Um, maybe water. <laughs> maybe water or air. I, I don't really remember it. Uh, I'm not really into astrology a lot, but uh, it was really fascinating to have that conversation. But then it gave me an insight that how different cities have different kind of vibes, as, as you mentioned. That you feel Australia is a little late, but right? it might be that uh, maybe not the whole Australia, but the places where you have been into. Mm. Right? Could be. Mitch, you you left me hanging in there for the next trivia quiz. If someone asked what astrological sign uh, Chandigarh has, so <laughs> you, you gotta confirm that for me. So just just Google it. She actually while we were having conversation, she did Google that stuff and it it came. Sure. Up. <laughs> uh, I, I do think it's very interesting. My my uh, grandfather himself is an astrologer, so you know um, I'm not saying that I don't trust in it. It's just some one thing that I don't understand. And not much interest, and in, but at the same time, growing in a in a family which has an astrologist and a palm reader as well, so I've had my experiences with it. And I want to share one quick thing with you. Call, call it call it coincidence, perhaps. So when I was fifteen or sixteen, I went to my grandfather as a joke, and I said, "Can you please read my read my palms?" And of course, you know, he must have done it earlier as well. But that day. I was a teenager, so I could remember what he says. So he looks at my palms and says a couple of things. Says good stuff, like you will make money. And one thing he says, you will go abroad, like you'll you'll go and uh, go to a different land. And this was when I was 15 or 16, so I didn't think about it much. And then when I was 19, I was in my college, and one of my professors 
uh, I don't know what is that art called, but do you know when people can read your handwritings and tell about your personality? It, do you know what, what is it called? The practice. Maybe handwriting reading, that's what I know. <laughs> right, let's call it that for, for the lack of understanding. <laughs> And yeah, my yeah. and my professor says the same thing. Like you will, uh, you know, you'll probably go to a foreign land. And now looking back at it, this is why I find horoscopes or astrology uh, interesting is that I don't know if that those two incidences at different place of my life planted that seed in my head that I wanted to figure out a way that I can actually pursue that goal because somebody told me that you know you will do this. So I'm not sure how much of uh, God's work these people are doing, but telling good things, <laughs> you know, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in, in my understanding. Yeah, it, it sounds like the movie uh, Predestination. Was that the movie? Mm, no, yeah, I don't remember. Okay, so have you watched Batman vs. Superman? Yeah. The Flash comes back and then he like warns Batman and he says that maybe I'm too early in the past. You know, right. Oh, I have watched it only to like just talk about it, but don't worry this. Okay. What happens? Okay. <laughs> but I actually found this really interesting and uh, I would definitely want to spend more time in it. Okay. Coming back to some great uh, questions that I would want to ask. Because I know right. And I just, uh, Dipansha, I just want to take a moment and tell the audience that uh, I have a habit of digressing which is like, you know, going to a different topic, a different topic. And like, I'm kind of getting feel the punch you might have is too. So we might digress, but I think like that will be for the better and, you know, fits to the candid version of this podcast. Exactly. That's why I wanted to do a candid thing. Because, uh, so here's the, uh, here's my concept and experience behind it. Something really magical happens after first one, one and a half hour. Like people right. talk a lot of stuff. They wouldn't think they'll talk. It's really interesting right. to not have an agenda. It's so really should I look at my should I should I look at my clock and see how much have we been talking for and just keep my eye for one and a <laughs> half hour because that's when our Zen mode will come in. <laughs> but, okay, Dipancho, here's a here's a here's a funny question. So why should people listen? Okay, if you have to sell people listening right now to listen to us until that one and a half hour mark when we bring our best, why would they not just skip what we are talking until then? So uh, it, it's out of context. It will not make any sense, to be honest, right? And it's it's not something like you know the bonus that I've kept. Like here's a magical question I'm going to ask at that hour. Right. It, it's never like that. But it, it's more into that when you are having a conversation with someone, you will see uh, in the first 10-15 minutes you will probably not have really crispy conversations when you're having a candid conversation, right? Right. But when you continue going in-depth, in-depth, and in-depth, you'll figure out some things that they even, you know, didn't think that they'll be talking about it. For sure. Well, Dipanch, you're a great salesperson. And I think everyone listening to us right now has been sold to keep listening until the end. So <laughs> good job on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So I actually wanted to talk about the self-improvement uh, part. And here's what I do to be honest. Like, I can share my process with you. Uh, in the preparation of these these podcasts i actually write down like five ten topics i want to talk about and that's pretty much it like five ten keywords mm-hmm. you know like writing astrology or motivation communication public speaking routine success habits these five seven ten topics which i think you know like shivansh would be able to maybe talk about this and let me see if sure. i can ask something around this uh, that that's the whole preparation i do because i see when we do, uh, are you a spiritual
think myself, I've read the definition several times and I don't think I, I totally understand it, but I would say yes. So uh, here's what I believe because I, in the last few months, I've been going really in depth about spirituality. When we prepare, we prepare according to our understanding. But when I don't prepare, when I go candid, there will be a lot of things that universe will be talking to me and not me mm. talking, you know, in, sure. in that conversation. So I have seen miracles happening. So uh, I never ever prepare my meditation sessions and I do it mm-hmm. with my clients often. And in fact, on my Instagram page, I've done it like maybe twice and I'll, I'll just show up and I'll close my eyes and I start guiding meditation. And, and something magical happens because you are yeah. in a, a resting and surrender phase. Calm, yeah, the calm phase that you're just letting things yeah. come at you. And exactly. And then, just uh, you know, like some people call it uh, like God is speaking through you. Some people will call it like you're going through flow. Some people will call it universe is speaking through you, something like that. And I've seen that. Or just being in the present, like just, just feeling present. Exactly, exactly. So talk to me about your transition from a student to a student in pandemic and then eventually landing up a job. What was the mindset mm. or the habits that helped you? Right. And um, that's a very interesting question because I think I've never shared the things that I've learned during my college life uh, in any other podcast or any content before. So it's very uh, interesting for me to also look back and just kind of come back with the things that I learned. Yeah. I think starting with 2019, that is uh, when I moved to Australia. And that was my first year at University of Sydney. So I came here in, I think, Jan. And the, the time I landed, I still remember uh, one of my best friends who lives here pick, picked me up from the airport. And it is, uh, I think, 10 or, p- 10 or 11 p.m. at night. So we are going, going at, on this road. And it's, it's kind of dark, but there are street lights. And I'm just sitting very quietly in my seat. And my friend is driving. And I don't know what happened. I just looked out of the window and then there was this new land in front of me and I, I just shouted I was like hooray I shouted into the top of my lung and my my um, friend got lit, little you know uh, pissed, off about, pissed off about that so I think like that was my first reaction when I came here I was like you know it wasn't it wasn't something that uh, was on my mind for a long time just I've been just thinking about it for six months but now becoming a reality it was a big moment and the reason I wanted to share this is because it actually tells, you know, like that's the start of, of my life in Australia. And with that became a new, you know, beginning kind of stuff that, you know, this is a new place, new opportunities. So being from India and we all know English, right? Right now we're talking in English, but as yeah. compared to someone who was born in English uh, speaking country, I am not speaking about every Indian who comes here. I had uh, you know, a self-limiting belief that I might not be able to have a conversation with them. And that limited me on several locations when we were at parties or social gatherings to actually reach out and start talking to people. Because I just had this self-made belief about my, my ability to speak in English with other people. And I was trying to hide away from it. And then I realized that the reason of me coming here was to put me in that uncomfortable shoes, right? And I'm, I'm not saying everyone will feel the same uh, issue when they come here. They might be different. But what's your growth uh, growth zone like? And if there is something that is making you uncomfortable, which shouldn't be, you got to work towards it to make that your you know, comfort zone again so you can keep persisting. 
So I started talking to people and I think that's the best part about it. And since the first year, that has worked, like me going to different clubs, societies, meeting people, having conversations with them. When COVID hit in 2020, I think that was really good of me to be very proactive in the first year of making friends and talking to people that when 2020 happened, I didn't have much, much chance to talk to people. And it was easier, uh, you know, for me to then think about, okay, I've already done my fair bit of networking. And this year, I believe, has been the best one so far in Australia because I got a job that I'm really passionate about. And every day I wake up with a, you know, wake up with a goal that could be a sales goal, like a performance goal for the day, or it could be anything that I'm working towards that day. And I, I want to share this and take this, the theme of the podcast to goal setting it from here on, because I believe in the last three years, the most, you know, uh, significant change that has happened in my life for the better was me understanding the importance of goals. So yeah, if you can yeah. talk about it, that'll be, that'll be fascinating. For sure, for sure. And uh, before we go into it, let me share a little bit of my experience around goal setting. Sure. So uh, I set a couple of personal goals that I'd rather not share at this moment, but maybe sometime in future. Uh, in, I guess, um, last year, my April, and I made an 18-month plan. And the goals I had right. for those 18 months, because I had clear goals, I achieved them in six months. I've seen that happening. The power of goals. And were you, and then, were you thinking about it to achieve in six months when you were aiming for 18, but at the back of your head, you knew that it's going to happen in six. So I, like I aim for 18 months. So there was something, let's say, you know, I wanted to do this or be this and stuff like that. Sure. And so I talked uh, about this in terms of alignment, like, you know, your goals, your vision, your purpose, your mission your actions all needs to be in a single direction. And when they are in a mm. single direction, uh, you will see your results in a really impactful way, right? Sure. You wouldn't even imagine that you could achieve so much in six months. Like I mentioned, I became a full-time life coach within six months mm. like of starting it. I was doing a full-time job and I quit it within six months of being a life coach. And people are not even in a position to be a full-time life coach after years spending in their full, you know, doing this as I. So what, what do you think was the difference between them and you achieving in six, which probably takes some people a longer time? What was the crucial difference? So this was this one thing that, you know, alignment in your goals, purpose, vision, mission, action. Like right. when you have this one thing that, you know what, I want to do this. And here's what happened with me. Uh, I actually didn't quit my job because I was ready to be a life, you know, full-time life coach. I was doing it on site for six months, but there was office politics. And I actually had mm-hmm. to quit my job. And I had savings for three months and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a full-time life coach for three months. Which month was it? July last year. Right. And if it doesn't happen, I like, let's suppose I earn zero rupees, which obviously isn't the case because I'm earning for six months. But if that happens, I'll go back to my job. But I know after one year, I'm going to try it again. Hmm. That was one thing that, you know what? Being really clear that I want this thing. And hmm. I don't care if it takes one month, one year, or one decade, but I'm going to be here. Hmm. Right? So that that alignment was, uh, like, it, it's my approach of talking about goal setting. Right. Tell me your experience with it. Yeah, I, I'll share that in a moment, but I just had one following question that I really want your insight on. When you wrote uh, your life goal, becoming a, like a life coach, let's say, 
were there any yeah. parameters without you sharing the details of them but like if you're on the goal setting i want you to share what is the right way of making goals because i think a lot of people feel overwhelmed when it comes to how to write and set goals there are a lot of different techniques like smart goals you know 351 everyone has their own kind of definition of it so how do you think people can write very strong clearly defined uh, goals so i have negative experience in my past around goal setting because as i mentioned so uh, when i was 16 i guess i started preparing for my you know like i started having the goal that i want to do a phd and when i turned 2021 5 years into chasing that dream you know a 10 year dream uh, i got to know that situations is not in my you know favor and i actually have to mm. quit this 10 year journey like imagine you spending 5 years into a 10 year journey and i was so so devastated i actually went through depression and anxiety uh, around that time uh, so it became hard for me to put up long term goals because i had a negative yeah. connotation around it right so what i did was uh, i had a rough goal rough idea where i want to be 18 months down the line like sure. in english say uh, after one year i want to earn x x x amount and i want to have right. five things like one car one bike and stuff like that so rough figures where i want to be in next 12 to 18 months or whatever and then yeah. making maybe three months goal like mm. in these three months i have to focus on this area and then right. diving it back to like in this month i want to cover this and this is how it looks like on a weekly basis and then on a daily basis what i want to cover that that's how right. i did it right so if you de- deconstruct that you got you kind of started from the end the bigger goal the one yeah. you know like the very defined terms and things and objects and definitions of success you want to be and then you broke it down into smaller three months uh monthly then weekly and then daily as well to make sure that you stay on track uh, yeah. just a probing question a lot of time people do this but more than once they deviate from that daily goal yeah. i think yeah. the biggest failure that we can see happens personally speaking as well as that once we kind of let go of our daily rituals or daily routine and uh you kind of get away and distracted how do we kind of bring us back so uh i actually had this conversation with my coach two days ago and he asked me this thing that uh okay so he and i actually set up goals uh for next 12 months and i was like i want to earn this much money and this is the reason i want to earn this much money and you know xyz so the first question he asked me what kind of person do you need to be in order to achieve that hmm. like if you want to be let's say a millionaire what kind of person do you need to be to be a millionaire and the second thing he asked me was what your non negotiable like everyday non negotiable you need to do to run your business and personally speaking for me it is uh, showing up online putting up content with high standards hmm that's the differentiation i actually got with conversation with him that uh, i have been putting content but to be the person who is earning that much money that i'm setting my goal into i need to make sure that it's high standard hmm. coming back to the answer to your question uh, setting up non negotiables like what something that i will do no matter what yeah and that's on a ongoing daily basis on daily basis or weekly basis whatever you decide Like for example, I have a weekly goal that I want to invest at least 
three to four hours in learning, like taking up courses, at least yeah. three to four hours. So again, setting your non-negotiable. And I think that completes the picture of goal setting. That we do have goals that we are running towards, but at the same time, uh, you know, the non non-negotiables kind of anchors us to keep doing what is already scripted, and then you're working towards and hold you accountable. So that's something that I'm gonna try myself, and I think a lot of us listening to us are as well. So uh, definitely, and here is one anchor that I have had in the past few months. So. Uh, from last september to this uh, may month like almost again 5 6 7 months somewhere uh, yeah. i had this one anchor that i will do a few minutes of meditation plus daily reflection every single day and i'll not sleep hmm. without it so i went through i had dengue in november last year and hmm. i i wanted to die <laughs> i really wanted to die at that point i was like i cannot hold it it's so it feels so painful and stuff. Anyway, uh, sorry to hear that. Even in that situation, my non-negotiable was, you know what? I can sit and like take five, ten deep breaths. That's mm. my definition of meditation. Like my non-negotiable is, you sit and do ten deep breaths. That's mm. pretty much it. So uh, because I've done my certification in habit coaching, uh, it's right. Uh, you know, uh, we were trained to help our clients set a really small non-negotiable. Right. So for me, if a high standard content looks like maybe 15 minutes of work, that's it in the whole day. Hmm. But setting up really small standard non-negotiables. What's your take on goal setting? I think um, only after I started my work, uh, we got pushed into the whole area of how important goal setting is. And I remember many of the first, like first of the many morning meetings so we in our office we have morning meetings where people are sharing stuff in front of others and there was this one particular session on goals goal setting and i came back home and i realized that it's so important that we need to know where we are you know going or at least have a sense of direction otherwise we're gonna just keep drifting through and then i started doing more research into it uh, the best thing that has happened to me uh, you know in my personal development is my fascination with Earl Nightingale and his work. I think that has been um, revolutionizing. Uh, <laughs> that has been a great uh, impact on my work as well. And Earl Nightingale has this beautiful video that I want everyone to watch called uh, Goal Setting. And it talks about the importance of goals. And, and there he kind of mentioned a formula that he said that you should have a goal card. On that goal card, write what you want to be. And it was more like a mission statement for a sales per salesperson. So I wrote down when I was having bad days at my sales, I wrote it down and I looked at it every single day and it was written in present tense. So it said like, I am a great salesperson because of cer certain reasons, like, you know, uh, my knowledge, my technical knowledge and know-how. And every time somebody would say no to me, I will look at that gold card and it, I, rem I get reminded that, okay, I know I'm good. I have to go through certain rejections because, you know, if you're to say, uh, I'm sure you are in sales as well. So you would know that there is a conversion ratio and as compared to how many people you're talking to, you know, that there will be certain no's. So that just looking at that goal, every no gave me an opportunity to think positively until I reached that person who wants to buy. So I believe like that was how I started with goal setting. And I'm not even sure if that is a goal in itself, because, you know, it's more like a mission statement.
But after that, I started writing weekly goals, monthly goals, and now even, uh, you know, yearly goals. Amazing. And uh, so I think, no, it comes from, you know, the person you mentioned. Uh, I actually wrote it in one of my blog posts about uh, uh, how to, you know, make an alignment and all those things I mentioned, your mission, vision, your actions, your uh, direction, whatever. Right. Uh, It's like, you know, like create a cheat sheet that, you know, like uh, a lot of people use in exams. And yeah. write down, you know, a couple of lines that why I'm doing this and actually mm. read it every single day like a prayer. Like, you know what, I'm doing this because of this. And mm. that helps us keep keep a reminder to ourselves that we are heading in the direction we want to head in. Right. Right. And so how long has it been since you are actually practicing this daily goals or mission statement thing? I would say uh, since April. So yeah, three or four months. How has the goal setting helped you so far? Uh, so I'll give you a personal story without like, you know, the whole gist of it. So you take the most out of it. When I started this work, uh, it was my first time. So although my friend referred to me, I still had to go through the whole interview process and whatnot. So it took one long month because it was still, you know, COVID and stuff. So it was a bit slower and it took me one month to get the job and I was really anxious during that one month getting into the job because as I said it's a dream job like you know I couldn't miss this 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 is something that I've been thinking planning and working towards to you know get and when I got the job after a month I was happy but at the same time first two weeks I entered to the work with again a self-limiting belief and this work has made me realize that how devastating negative self-beliefs can be, which are just made by ourselves. You know, there is no credibility to behind it. And my self-limiting belief was that I am from a different country, like I'm Indian. And if I sell something here face to face, people might not buy it because, you know, I'm from a different country. Not saying anything that anyone said to me. I just had this thought going in. First two weeks, I sold just two. Like that, that's, the, that's, that's what I had in my first two weeks. And I remember having this conversation with my uh, with my manager, you know, before they they let you know that you gotta start showing performance and results. And I'm talking to him. I'm, I'm saying, man, I'm pushing my like pushing myself. I'm learning stuff, and you know, I'm giving it my all. I just need a couple of more days. And he said, okay, you gonna have a couple of more days because they showed they, they could sense that enthusiasm in me. I got the next two days, and my sales just went like uphill, like anything. In the next two weeks, I hit a promotion, uh, promotional criteria. So within one month of joining the uh, organization, I was able to get promoted. And the first two weeks were so bad and the next two weeks were so good. So what happened was that when I was on the last year of job, I just let go of that self-limiting belief that, you know, there is no one judging me here. All I need to do is give my best and be positive about it. And once I started seeing results, I knew that that self-limiting belief didn't have any value on truth on it. And it didn't hold any uh, consequences on me so I was like you know free from them and since then it's been great uh, I'm just upskilling myself every single day and do the work that I can do best uh, it, it's really amazing that you mentioned about you know the limiting belief part so uh, I'm working with a client and she's a new life coach and you know I'm a mentor to her uh, so she doesn't come from a marketing or a sales background she's coming from an engineering 
or other technical kind of a background and so she like a lot of people had that limiting belief that sales is a bad thing like it's a pushy thing which right. you know like uh, a lot of people think uh, so i gave her this definition at that point i remember telling her according to me so the definition of sales uh, in coaching terms like in coaching business is uh, because again she's a spiritual person and this definition didn't come from my mind definitely but i believe that uh, sales is a spiritual practice where i'm being the mediator of uh, offering the help somebody needs hmm. you know like, i think again, it's, it's beautiful so it, it's not something that i'm selling it, it's something they need and i'm just being a mediator Hmm. How do you see sales in your uh, point of business? I think that's beautifully put. And um, interestingly, I was watching Earl Nightingale's one of the videos on YouTube, and he mentioned that. Okay, I've written it down, and let me go to my notes because when I'm watching videos, I or listening to podcasts, I I try to make notes. You can go back to. Yeah. And uh, you know, it talked about goal setting and everything, and then he said that success. Uh, is there is so money is the result of success and not the other way around so success is not your money but it's the other way around so if you have a goal that you are like reaching towards and if you want to achieve and if you want to you know earn some money you have to provide a value to others it could be your service as in your case coaching or products that businesses sell and it's just an interaction you're helping someone in their pain in their problem while doing something about society you know something that you can do to make their life uh, more happy or you know grow construct- constructively so i think like that's it's a very beautifully put way of saying that you are a mediator in just way of saying that you have you know something that you can help the society with yeah exactly uh, so talk to me about this uh, success part according to you what is success uh so i'll read out the definition of i i knew we, we will be talking about this particularly so i wrote down the definition that uh, i really like it says that success is the worthy uh, progression of a worthy ideal success is a progression of a worthy ideal which means that you are you have a worthy goal or you know something that you are looking for and you're progressively working towards it so i think this definition kind of tells that success is not one place that you achieve but it's like that that the journey itself to reaching that place is you know success that you're going towards it having faith in that journey so i believe like that's one of the best beautifully put success definition out there that's not one end goal after you have on 1 million what's what guarantees you that you wouldn't want to succeed even more so that's the you know worthy progression of a big goal in journal so for me that cements the fact that we should be present in the moment have fun and you know just be more joyous about the things that we have in our present life so uh, here's a really really amazing quote i read like on instagram a few days ago uh, it says we never wish anyone uh, have a happy destination we always wish someone have a happy journey hmm. because destination usually doesn't matter as much interesting really interesting i've never had who's the author of it not sure i don't know it it was like a quote so i usually state source as the university of instagram 
that's where mm. we learn a lot of things <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but I, i definitely so uh, uh, we learn the- and uh, so we got to correct we learn and we teach <laughs> oh for sure we learn and we share always yeah. so i learned a lot of stuff from instagram itself like people right. share so many amazing things and i want to talk about this uh sorry the bunch of digressing but i think this <laughs> is an interesting concept i think a lot of people in our age uh, group or you know who just creating content online when they are starting out they might feel that you know i always tell that i'm not an expert in what i'm saying i'm not a saint i'm not the perfect person out there and there there are certain things that i've learned from successful people from videos and such certain characteristics habits or you know sales techniques or anything so i'm not applying all of them consistently for long period of time but since i started using a combination of some of them i might slack in all of them but even using some of them has proved certain results in my life now when i share my content or dipanshu is saying uh, sh- sharing content then we're sharing the things that work for in our life and people who want to start creating content should realize this that you don't have to be the thought leader or industry expert to start start sharing the things that you are getting results from in your particular life and uh, there is no bar of sharing your information out there it might be wrong like i i always say that you know something that i say i might not myself believe in two years from now because i would have grown and evolved as a person but yep. that doesn't stop me from sharing what we want to and i think like this this might be a very good point on content creation for you know new people what's your take on it dipanshu so uh, here's something that i really really truly believe in that uh, expressing myself is kind of my human need now i also understand a lot of people have different levels of expression they would want to practice a lot of people are not comfortable talking you know to public mm-hmm. but a lot of people need to talk in public and they are just afraid to do so sure right so i consider self expression is like a really really necessary thing to feel who you are mm. like a lot of people are not themselves just because a lot of fears that stopping them to not express themselves right so i consider it you know like as a part of confidence that to be confident you need to express yourself and uh, it, it is really great because uh, i posted about this some time ago so there's a quote by timothy don't remember the whole name but timothy something uh, and they say that we never as you mentioned you know like you uh, grow after every one year and actually if you are having the same belief you had 5 years ago you're not growing in life you you need to have different belief set after 2 yeah. 3 4 years right so that person mentioned that uh, we never criticize a rose when it's just a seed when it's just a seed we water it we let it grow we nourish it it becomes mm. a little plant there's no bud there's no flower in it yet but it in its uh, whole life we consider it as a rose we never criticize it that you still haven't you know born to the like you haven't blossomed yet or something like that we give it yeah. the time it requires but on the other hand uh, we criticize ourselves to be not good as the people we watch in the first hmm. week of creating something right right i actually remember this one thing uh, is it okay to share this story so uh, i uh, in in 
um, I, I met this girl from a common friend and I went through her profile and she was having guitar covers. I've written about it uh, online as well. Uh, and I was, I was finding it so good that she's singing and, you know, like I know her and she has a yeah. really great voice. And I shared her, you know, a couple of videos to a few friends in, in Instagram DMs. Like, how cool is this person? Like, she's still singing great, right? Yeah. And then, then you know, like, there was internal judgment that, is there anyone sharing this, you know, my content this way? And I remember I was sitting in my office and so I've been writing uh, since 2015. So it's already been four years at that moment yeah. of time of this story was happening. And I don't know, I, I actually literally uh, like vomited. I went to washroom and vomited. I became sick. Like, why am I, why am I not that good? Like, why are people wow. not hearing myself like that? And uh, then then I took help, I was uh, like, I had a therapist in contact. And that was my first experience with self-compassion that I've been really mm-hmm. hard on myself. And I need to learn, you know, like how not to be too hard. And it's a very strong me, woman as well. It was a really strong moment at that moment. Yeah. And then eventually I learned that, you know what, I need to start uh, congratulating myself. I need to start appreciating myself for the things I'm yeah. doing. And obviously, yeah, quality was not really good at that moment as well. But then again, you know, it was more of the internal feeling you are feeling. Mm. So eventually, I started, I actually started uh, loving what I write. And now I go back and read a lot of stuff. Like I mm. continued keeping my standards high. Uh, but that time was a crucial moment for me where I saw that, you know what, I'm criticizing myself way too much. Yeah. So that was an intervention you had and it changed you to then, you know, start creating content and become a life coach yourself. So that was definitely one of the pivotal moments in your life. Definitely. And uh, so that, that one uh, quote, was so beautiful that, you know, we consider rose as a rose, even when it's a seed. Like, we don't mm. criticize it that you haven't blossomed yet. You know, you don't look mm. beautiful. Where are the petals and all this stuff? We consider it as a rose throughout its journey. So, yeah. wherever you are... So, my situation was, I was reading amazing writers at that moment. Like, Ryan mm-hmm. Holiday, Mark Manson. And I was, you know, like, comparing myself with them. Like, why am I not writing like that? Right? Mm. So... That, that was the uh, quote that has really inspired me and kept me going that, you know, you are a uh, rose even when you don't have petals. Hmm. That's, that's beautiful again. And yeah, I think uh, that's a beautiful story that you shared the bunch. Thanks, man. And I'm really happy to see how you have turned things around. And for the best, like doing a great job down. So it's definitely have, you know, done things around since then. And I want to share something uh, on the same lines that you were talking about happiness and how you mentioned that, you know, you started appreciating uh, what you already had. So I I heard this quote by Abraham Lincoln. He said, people are about as happy as they make up their mind to be. I'll I'll repeat the quote. It says, people are about as happy as they make up their mind to be. Now that means that it's a state of mind. Like happiness is something that should be a state of mind every every time until a negative stimulus, like you know, you running late or you you missed a bus, something like a negative event happens in your life, and you know, it's gonna happen. It is gonna happen. 
So you're in your state of mind, which is happiness, and these negative stimuluses affect you. But if you're not in a happy state of mind already, then you will start thinking negatively because that's a stimulus that will start spiraling a negative emotion in your mind if you're not thinking positively anyways. So I think like that tells that how important it is to not just be reactive, but proactive in staying happy, staying positive every, every, you know, every single second of the day if we can. For example, maybe if, if, if our bus misses out, you know, rather than saying, oh, shit, I'm going to be late for work, I have to give excuse and whatnot, just look at your phone, find the other bus that you can, go there, have that conversation with the boss, whatever happened, or, you know, leave 10 minutes early next time. That's your lesson out of it. So that's what I've learned from it. Yeah, actually, I have mean, two uh, thoughts in my mind around this. So one thing is I, I talk about it a lot because I cover emotional mastery and stuff. So uh, there are essentially two kinds of emotions and everything else is a derivative of either of these. So mm. one emotion is love, second is fear. So all happiness, peace, joy, laughter, compassion, kindness, all these are derivatives of love. And anything like insecurities, anxiety, depression, anger, judgment, all these are derivatives of fear. So I repeat it like almost every single day that love is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Yeah, it is, truly is. And fear is also a choice. So at any given point, you get to choose what you feel. And a lot of us think that, you know, like, I don't know how to control my emotions. I don't know, you know, like, I just feel this anger too much. I feel depressed too much. I feel, you know, anxiety too much. Again, unless yeah. it's a mental illness. I'm not invalidating that experience. But yeah. unless it's a mental illness or a medical thing, most of the time, it's a choice we make. And just we need to learn how to make better choices, like yeah. in anything in life. So I see success as a matter of better choices. Yeah, and um, what you can what can keep you on track is discipline. It's all about that. Like I think if you understand these three uh, construct of deciding and choosing, and then just just staying disciplined to follow through. Exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah, that's a beautiful thing we covered. And I really believe that uh, we need to express a little more than normally we do. Because a lot of us are not expressing. So uh, I kind of have a negative feeling towards what people call introvertism. So uh, when I took the six in personality test last time, one year ago, uh, I was 55% introvert. So I'm like an ambivert, right. but slightly towards introvert. So the definition of introvert is uh, when, uh, so they, when they're around people, uh, they will feel less energetic or they need alone time to feel, to recharge their energy. Okay. Right. Extrovertism is basically when somebody gets energized when they're around people. From people. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't mean introverts need to be shy or they don't you know, they should not communicate. A lot of people who are insecure or, you know, underconfident label themselves as introvert and feel pride in it, mm. which is, you know, like totally counterintuitive to how things should be. Absolutely. I think that's, that's very strong stuff, man. I think a lot of people will use that as a veil to keep, you know, not growing out of their comfort zone and just referring them into this uh, social cohort of a people 
who are there you know some of them might yeah. really have that feeling but as you mentioned more than not it's just our own self limiting beliefs stopping us from you know achieving better things in our life so i i in every podcast or any any long piece of content i say i always tell that start with a self examine mm. yep that's the first thing that we should do to start change if you don't know like you know if you, if let me take a very cliche example if you go uh and uh, metaphorically saying you have a you know uh, something wrong in your brain and you go to a doctor the best way to him to figure out what is actually wrong would be to put you under a scan or something and figure out what's wrong he'll examine you but i think people are not examining their life and what's happening so if we start by just taking a breath you know just chill and sit down relax in your chair just like the panchu is right now take a piece of paper and pen and just figure out what is your belief what is your current self limiting beliefs see how happy you are on a scale of 1 to 10 you know give you some parameters see online what are some of the tools that you can use to kind of examine your life write down a journal or something some bad habits let's take the classical example break up like you know fold a paper in half and on one side write the bad habits that you need to break one side write good habits that you need to start having so first step is always examining and looking in what is there to be modified and you know uh change and then working towards it so i always say sit down examine have a self reflective view and then start figuring out how to go and figure out your goal here's a quote that coming to your mind and i feel like i haven't read it somewhere so i would want to quote myself on it yeah <laughs> uh, a, a lot of your life problem can get resolved with a piece of paper a pen and some alone time hmm so lot Very of true. time we have so many things running in our head that so the mind is a really messy place where there will be multiple thoughts <laughs> without organized you know it it's like a yeah, we both we both format. we both are case in point <laughs> exactly so it it's actually the download uh, drive of your macbook like you don't yeah. have any organization right there will be stuff whenever you seem you know like i need to download this thing i need to download that thing i yeah. will be unorganized so what pen pen and paper does it and some alone time obviously it does yeah. what it would do is it will help you organize your thoughts yeah and i really love this code i'm going to post it <laughs> yeah um uh, i'm not a big fan of not say wouldn't be i wouldn't call me a big not a big fan it's just like i have never followed through the habit of writing journals but i believe journals are you know a great really fascinating tool of uh, self reflection and i remember writing this down when i came to australia in 2019 i said and it's very weird when i wrote it but it's it's amazing that i wrote uh, i'm writing this to my future self at the moment and i wrote a sentence or a, a paragraph under it underneath that i wanted myself to remember and i said in future shivash will be reading his past so something that i wrote and at that moment it's not just about that example but it reinforced the fact that a lot of times i had great moments of uh acceleration or you know like creativity when i had a piece of paper and pen and writing stuff down and people don't really get get how important it is if there are 10 healthy habits that i can recommend uh writing notes would be one of them 
for sure for sure i i'd say it will come in maybe top 3 or 5 in my list so i actually had a negative traumatic experience in journaling when i was a kid and maybe teenager so i basically wrote down my journal and uh, everybody in my class read it for a really really traumatic experience around it because bullied around that topic so what yeah. uh, was the topic so around this you know the incident that i had that i got a new laptop i started writing a journal on it and a friend asked for the laptop i didn't remember that i had a open journal around it and the next right. day everybody had my journals in their pen drive <laughs> so there was a really traumatic oh. experience for me at that time so uh, obviously uh, it was really hard for me to write down my feelings on a piece of mm. paper you know because my body remembers the last time it happened it was very really bad but yeah, uh, i can imagine nonetheless i have developed some kind of journaling thing like uh, i find it hard to journal you know my feelings around it but i can easily when i have a prompt let's say you know let's set up some goals i would do it i would write it down and even yeah. in another story that i have had around this writing down your thoughts thing so i was going through a really tough time in 2019 september uh, my then girlfriend broke up with me two weeks before my birthday and one week before my birthday and i was obviously in a little shock because things were not going well uh, it was supposed to work out and in next five six days i was so there was this sunday my birthday was on tuesday i was going for a solo trip because that's what i usually do on my birthday yeah I obviously took two days off from my office, but because I didn't come on the Sunday, uh, my boss fired me from the job. Such mm. in a in a such so low state that I, you know, like I was in shock and I was totally clueless, like what's happening? What like? So this is the same happen? story that you told when you uh, lost your job. Like this coincides with that story, how you got into the whole life coach thing. because you lost your job no 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 so that that was like a year two years later later okay yeah yeah so this is a different job so uh what happened i went through solo trip obviously because i didn't have enough like i lost my job and it was it came like a surprise so yeah. uh i went through that solo trip and a good friend you know uh, sponsored that trip as a gift so uh, i went that's all this great Yeah, 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 all these days, and uh, so I went to Dharamshala. This is where Dalai Lama's temple is there, right? Yeah. So on my birthday, I was, you know, just uh, like roaming around the streets, eating some good food, and I, I saw a lot of monks there. And before mm-hmm. that, I always felt, you know, like peace is like a non-tangible thing that you can only feel. But at, mm-hmm. at that day, on that day, I, I saw a lot of monks, and you can see peace on their face. I never thought you could see peace. I thought you could feel. So, how would you define that? What do you mean by that when you saw peace? I I don't know how to explain it. Like you, you just go and see a monk's face. You'll know what peace means, right? Right. I was like, I want that. I definitely want that. I don't have that. I want that. <laughs> and then I came back from that trip, and I made a list. Like, what do monks do? Like, how are they so peaceful? Then I wrote a list. Like, what are their qualities? Like, they have self-discipline. They practice non-violence. They are compassionate. They are kind. They do acts of service. 
and you know something like that so made a list of like 10 20 things yeah and for the next one one and a half years i started implementing them one by one hmm. the result i became so much peaceful obviously not like i still i'm not that level where you could see peace on my face no i can see peace at your face relatively <laughs> so much better so better so that was another factor where you know like having a pen and paper can help you like mm-hmm. write down something uh, so I, i do this activity with my clients like you know uh, so what who is your ideal like let's say you are trying to be a safe person like who do you admire like the person you mentioned and it could be grant cardone gary v or yeah. you know, whoever and maybe make a list like what do you think why are the why are they at the at the moment like what made them mm-hmm. who they are and then people make a list of 10 things 15 things like you know honesty communication this that this that and you can literally create a wallpaper around it like you know every day you check up where am i lagging what do yeah. i need to do so this is actually called uh, this is uh, one of the life coaching models it, it's called modeling your idea right that's that's really um fascinating to say the least and i i do think like thinking thinking about going a bit deeper into wallpapers and putting stuff around where you can visually see it really plays a very important part in cementing that idea in your in your subconscious when you keep looking at it when you're you know aware about it at different points in your in your day because think about it if you're not looking at it perhaps just the you know the work of life will draw your attention away from it but you open your phone there are certain things you want to do it could be a goal or what dipanchu mentioned and i think dipanchu is one of those people like me who would have certain things on their walls like you know some great quotes or can you read it um so i'll i'll speak for the people who are listening to us dipanchu is showing his phone to me and it says i'm willing to see love that's his wallpaper yeah. dipanchu can you talk a bit about it and what do you mean so again this thing you know like i mentioned that it's a choice to see fear or to see love so somebody did something really bad to you it's your choice would you want to see love or would you want to see fear right so, so that's like reminder. your yeah this is your mantra of thinking about the positive side of it and then being the bigger person or you know, perhaps seeing the positives yeah i love i love that <laughs> so uh, that that's been my story of around you know uh, how journaling or modeling definitely helped me in the past what other success habits do you feel like you know has helped you personally? sure so i i i would i have prepared a list of it because as i said i wanted to be prepared for some some bits of my you know like things that i've been doing so sure. so these are the 10 healthy habits that i kind of have you know think it's just my personal opinion that these are uh good healthy habits that at certain point of my life have resulted in good outcomes so there are 10 and i'm i'm guilty of not doing all of them every single day for consistent periods but at the same time i have done them at different points of my life and you know in in totality they have worked so feel free to do all of them or take away as much as you can i think the first one and really to focus on this list i will even say that maybe call it 10 in lockdown healthy habits that we should be really focusing on especially in the lockdown the reason is that you know lockdown or covid was a big change in our routines and our lifestyles and we already had certain things that we were doing 
but it all got just you know jumbled around. And now we kind of are looking at lockdown at different perspectives. For some people, it could it could be a vacation, and they are not like they're going into a frenzy of eating bad food yeah. and just taking it as a vacation until things get better. So they're letting the circumstances maybe get to them. And now we really need to come back and go before the COVID time. So I think the very first habit that is waking up early, like just just waking up early in the morning gives you that opportunity one hour before anyone else does to work upon yourself. So I think first habit should be waking up early and then having a morning schedule, a routine around it. So this is what I, something I used to do when I had a morning routine. So after waking up, uh, what I'll do is I'll try to do 20 minutes of meditation first thing in the morning, sitting on my bed, because uh, again, I don't know how much this is true, but science suggests that there are alpha, I don't remember the waves, that are really powerful in the morning. So I would just, you know, try to do meditation right away. And then um, depending on my mood, I'll go for a walk, small walk, 20, 25 minutes, uh, because it's really important to work physically. We've been like, you know, sitting in our, <laughs> sitting in our houses for so long, just getting that blood, uh, blood flow going on in your body and, you know, feeling physically good puts you in the right frame for the day. And then one of my favorite habits is to have a cold shower. Now, I've been doing this for a while, five, six years, but since last year, I've started, you know, giving in a bit. So I started with a warm shower, but I always end it on cold. So if you're just starting to build that habit of having a cold shower in the morning, and trust me, there are a number of benefits. If you look into the research of, of Wim Hof uh, yeah. and, you know, how uh, cold shower is good for your body uh, and uh, even, I think, against inflammation and everything. And even if you don't take that, just think about it as a mental challenge first thing in the morning that you're thinking of going for the warm, but you decide, okay, I'm going to start with something where I want over a lazy habit that I might have. And after that, just gratitude, just thanking things uh, every morning that you're grateful for. And I, I heard this somewhere. It's not really how many things you're grateful for, but actually, if you really mean when you say whatever you're grateful for. So when I realized this, I was like, I shouldn't be grateful for every 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 single thing every day. I can be, but just to build that habit, I can be just, you know, saying thank you to the world in general. So every morning, like, thank you all, or, you know, like, thanks uh, for giving me another day. Just something like that, small something like that might give you the habit of then start thinking about more things you're grateful for. But even a thank you in the morning or at night counts as uh, practicing gratitude for me. Then I would say eating healthy is definitely big. I've, I've given up to the, uh, uh, you know, hungry jacks, uh, all the junk food that you can order sitting in home and ordering Uber Eats. And I think like that defines the delayed great, uh, gratification as well, that everything is made so fast now that I don't even have to go to my kitchen and cook, but I can order food in 25 minutes. Just makes me yeah. not want to cook it. So I think eating healthy has become even more crucial now uh, that we can order food sitting by not being lazy. Then I, I think sleep is really important. And there's some research that has done that if you are, if you're having great night's sleep, it'll boost up your productivity and you are you know ready for the day. And I think because we're talking about COVID healthy tips, I think talking to friends and family members is an important part. And for me, being a person who is away from the family and even friends now, sitting 
in my home all day can get a bit monotonous. And then we should be reaching out to different people if we don't have the opportunity of creating content and just, you know, staying in touch with them. Yeah. And the third, the last one is like learning every single day, like putting out some time. I, I love the fact that you have set, separated three to four hours in your week to learn something. And they're just, you know, putting that in the daily schedule. So these would be the healthy habits, I would say. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that list. Uh, what do you think uh, is like kind of your non-negotiable these days? Uh, my non-negotiable is, um, I would say workout. I've been focusing more on working out and getting in a better physical shape of my body because you know, there are two things you should be working on your mental and physical. So I started yeah. working out more often now, going for runs. I recently did an eight kilometer. That's my personal best so far. I think I've never ran eight kilometers before. And that was a couple of days ago. Now I have a goal of by September, I want to run eight kilometers at 520 uh, kilometer per minute average pace. So a bit working on my pace as well. So that's one thing non-negotiable for me. What is one negotiable for you at the moment? So one non-negotiable for me uh, at the moment is again, the content part, because it's kind of my identity now that I'm the person who writes every day. As in yeah. As uh, and the second thing is I uh, chant and I pray every single day before sleeping. Mm. Like, no matter what, how tired I am, how sick I am, whatever is happening. So how I'll long has it been that you've been consistent with them? So, uh, so as I mentioned uh, previously, it was like meditation every single night. But now that uh, the Zen meditation that I used to do, it has converted into chanting meditation. Yeah. And I've been doing it since May month. So there was never a pause in between. It's just that one habit transitioned into something different, right? So since May, June, July, so it's been three months. Since and I'm that shows there. dedication and discipline. So good on keeping up with it. Thank you so much. And it, it actually feels like, you know, you change your identity around it. Like, yeah. I don't know how to not put up content online. So I've yeah. been doing it for six, seven years now that I just don't know how to not do it. So if if you can just take an example of yours, how long do you, did you think it took you for then it to just become a habit from you making it a non-negotiable to until when it just became a habit? So uh, because I have done some good work in habit building, I had a satisfaction around it. So uh, your habits will fall out as soon as you stop doing it. Right. So you become... Are there any days or any time period uh, associated with it that after this long of a break, you will break that habit? So I tell you, uh, you stop brushing your teeth from tomorrow and maybe Mm -hmm. in one or two or three days, it will stop becoming a habit. Right. In a a few days, maybe. And you've been doing it for the last 20, 25 years. (laughs) Right. Right. So even as long as of a habit like this, can be dropped off within a few days. Like maybe yeah. two, three, four days. But I don't know the exact amount because that will differ depending yeah, that on the habit. And, 100%. You know, yeah, I was asking for a ballpark, like for in your personal journey, how long it took. It's really short. It's really short. So short than you think it would be. So you think, mm-hmm. you know, like a new habit will be created in 21 days. It will be dropped off in one day as well. Yeah. So one good idea about this is, uh, this comes from a book, Superhuman by Habit, by Tannen. It's an amazing book. So he writes 
to create any habit never skip twice hmm so it will be so common for you to skip one day like so your non negotiable is like let's say running but you get some something personal let's let's say maybe something around health something professional yeah i let's say let's let's give it a real example i found a very thrilling uh, netflix netflix series that i want to watch instead of going to run which has happened so let's use this as a as an example so you don't work out that day that's okay a lot of people will have you know missing day i'm sorry but it's a to make it a consistent habit make sure that you don't skip it twice because when you skip it yeah. twice you are essentially starting over so let's say yeah. two or three days max so a habit you are performing for the last 20 years don't do it for two three days it will be over this mm. is probably like that and That's... again it it will totally depends on you know how dedicated you are to that yeah when you yeah when you make something as your identity maybe even one two weeks or one month or two months will not impact that much right so uh, uh, it just I, goes back to saying like very not exaggerated but you know it said that people underestimate what they can achieve in 5 years and then they overestimate what they can achieve in in a year month. or a couple of months so Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much Shivansh for sharing all that amazing list of the great habits, the success habits and the healthy habits you mentioned. Yeah. Uh and there's another topic that I know uh, I've been seeing a lot of con- your I have seen a lot of content of yours to be posted on that topic. Mm-hmm. So somewhere around positive mindset and leadership. Right. So I think positive you- sure. Yeah, I think positive mindset is some. Okay, sorry, you were not come done with your question. Go ahead. Yeah. So the question I wanted to ask you was, how do you relate these two things? Right, positive thinking and leadership. Yeah. That's that's a brilliant question, uh, Dipansh. I reckon. I think um, you know both of the things. So we have been talking about positive thinking. I think for the last you know half an hour or so. So you kind of yep. got. just of how important positive thinking it's truly is and now when we have a leadership role it just becomes even more so important because what do leaders essentially do you know like when things are going good you know they are there to push the best out of you but particularly in the situations of challenges roadblocks or you know like some something that kicks you off the trajectory that you were in and a second example of covid right all the people who were at leadership roles in their work organizations and even leader of the family you know someone who takes care of the family all were hit by this challenge now a good leader if they st- if they are a positive thinker right they know that this is only temporary they can find some solutions in it uh, i lost my job but you know i can do this work from home or i can do this when i go back to work i can do all the all of those stuff being a leader letting people know that it's going to be better you know there are certain things that you can do now giving having an empathetic ear to listen to the people who are talking to you and reinforcing some positive thinking in them just to make sure you know like they are doing okay so i think it is even important more important for a leader to start thinking positively if as compared to someone who is not leading and i i do believe uh, a good like a quality that a good leader should have is is one of positive thinking itself so i think they are kind of interlinked and it goes both the way i believe positive thinking can lead you to become a leader 
if you are positively, if you're thinking positively, you know, when you are not at a leadership role, executive role at your workplace or where you want to be, if you're thinking positively, it'll help you in reaching those leadership role because then people around you look up to you because you share that, you know, in the Pancha case, that love, that passion, that, that, that positivity to people that makes them feel good about themselves and then feel that things are going to get better because you have that positive, strong, positive thinking about yourself and how the things work. And you're spreading that, you're sharing it with people and they will look up to you because they really want to, not because you're a leader. So if you are not a leader and you're preparing to become one, having the habit of positive thinking is crucial in your promotion, I believe, and start working on it. Yeah, so what other qualities do you think um, I need to have if, let's suppose I want to be a leader in my workplace or in my personal life or whatever, what are the qualities right. you should have? Right, I think the first one is like, one of the first one would be positive thinking. And the second one that I have learned from talking to different people who are at, you know, leadership roles and uh, company owners, assistant managers in my industry. And from the research that I've gathered, what they say foremost is that being a friend or showing the people that follow you that you care about them. That's the first thing that someone's need. If they're not feeling secure, if they're not feeling safe in your company, you can't really pursue, like, you know, have them pursue a higher goal because the first necessity is that they start feeling safe about themselves when they're around you. So just having that, you know, friendly conversation with them and making like, making them know that if they f- face into a problem, you will be there. You will be there to, you know, help them through. So they know that they are safe. That's the first thing. And slowly when you have built that trust among that person and yourself, they see you, they see you that you genuinely want them to succeed. They will come after you with advice and stuff. And then it becomes a very more, you know, uh, easy, easy easy relationship that you can have and then you can have them pursue higher goals and you know push them to standards that you know that they can achieve because uh again another quality that ties into here is that leading by example now when you're pushing people to achieve something a standard or a benchmark that you have not set yourself or you can't you know live by the words they will see through it and you wouldn't be you know accountable or trustworthy if you're not doing what you're doing so i think uh having accountability and leading by example that you are doing what you want to do for me i love working hard i love working hard playing hard so like that's my that's my goal and if you're working from one to say six one to seven and if i had a goal in my head i'll push on from seven to eight i'll work extra hour just because you know i i really really want to see what i can do in that one extra hour now, if I don't do it, and if I become a leader, right? Like that's what I'm working towards. I'm preparing to become a leader. I can't tell my teammates to work hard, work extra day. I'm not telling them that they should, but if there is, you know, there is a spark in them that they want to, if I tell them that I have done it, seen deserves, and I tell them, do you reckon they will follow through? I understand. So uh, if I'm understanding it correctly, it, it would mean uh, authentic communication as well. Uh, yeah, you can say authentic communication. That would kind of be the umbrella term for everything, like yeah. you know, being the trustworthy and then showing and leading by example and having positive thinking. Could say that, or it could be one of the uh, characteristics in itself. Yeah, yeah. Because then again, you know, like uh, again, it, it, it. I think it would be like a subset of uh, leading by example. So sure. you have to do it yourself, but at the same time, if you want to be leader, you have to communicate and delegate it accordingly. Right. right? Right. Otherwise, you'll just be another engineer or technician working on the stuff yourself. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that uh, we should do is that putting us, so it's very easy for a leader when they get 
further away from the position that they started at, or perhaps the people they are leading, is that they, they might forget that what were the problems they faced themselves. So when a new person comes up to them and they tell about this situation, if you have been in the business for too long, if you don't take that, you know, keep that in mind, it, you might start feeling irritated by the person's new um, questions and for you, it just feels like, you know, you should know about it. So having empathy uh, is one of the more foremost, um, you know, uh, characteristics for a good leader that having an empathy towards the person and then genuinely helping out as long as you can, as long as you see seeing results. Amazing. And so, uh, because I know, you know, the clock is ticking and you have some important things to take care of. Uh, we discussed a lot of habits in this last one and a half year, one and a half yeah. hour or so. Uh, <laughs> if anybody would have to start, what are the top three you would recommend to start with? Top three habits? Right. Top three habits that I would recommend is not in any order. So I think all of these three are important and you put me in kind of in the spot there. So first would definitely be working out because that's a no brainer, like, you know, no, yeah. uh, you know, something that I really focus on. And I believe because of COVID it is quintessential, like it's not even important, but even more important now than ever before that we work out. And you know what, you don't really have to be the best out there. Like, you know, if you have a big goal of having six pack abs or, you know, a certain amount of weight or certain thing, it's good to have that, but break that role into smaller and just say like, I'm going to go for a walk for 20 minutes, listen to a podcast or something while I'm at it. I'm just going to do 10 pushups in the morning and then probably five at, at, at lunch. And, you know, I'll just walk up and down the stairs very small habits. You don't have to start by, you know, running eight kilometers. It'll come yeah. again. And as the Pancho was mentioning, it's just like something small. And, you know, it, now it makes sense that once it is smaller, you kind of build that habit. And now if I go for a walk, I'm like, I'm out here already. Why don't I really walk? Oh, I run. So I start running. So I think like, just start small, start working out. The results that you will produce in your body will be reflected in your thinking and your men mental capacity. You know, they go hand in hand. So working out is the first healthy habit that I will recommend someone. Second is for sure meditation. That is something I believe you are very close to. And I'm not very consistent with meditation, but I still try to do it, you know, again, three or four times or twice at least in a week. And sometimes I'm regular in weeks. Goes back to, again, I'm not consistent with them, but because I still do it, I'm doing better off than I wasn't doing it completely or at all. So start with meditation. Start small. Don't think of sitting for 20 minutes or the punch you if, um, you know, like what the punch you is doing. Seven. Maybe they are advanced meditation. Start something small. What has worked for me in meditation is guided meditations. So just yeah. go to Google and, you know, the, I think like it's, it's the same thing that when we create content, we want it to be perfect, right? We, we want it to be the perfect thing out there. And with meditation, I believe it's the same construct that we want to feel that Zen state of mind from the first session that we do and it's not just possible so starting out with a with a mindset of meditation is a skill and if you practice five minutes every day we're getting closer not farther away from sitting quiet and then reaping all the benefit of meditation which you already are in the present so start small being working out meditation start with five minutes of walk five minutes of meditation the last one uh, 
probably will be upskilling. Like, I don't know if it is in habit or not, but having a growth mindset and just spending some time out of your day where you're upskilling could be learning about your work, you work in sales, it could be, you know, reading books. I'm not a reader, right? I know it's my weakness. I should be, I'm not saying that I shouldn't pick up the habit of reading, but I can't. So what I do is rather I listen to the podcast and I've subscribed to a application called Blinkist where I, I get access to audiobooks, summaries of audiobooks. So now I can still listen to it. Perhaps I'm not reading 10 books, you know, in in a couple of months. I'm listening to 50 audiobooks in that period of time. Although shorter, but I'm still feeding something to my mind. Now, if you're not a reader, then you've got to make up a habit that, okay, I'm going to stick to reading. If you're not doing that, find other avenues that you can still learn, but don't stop learning. Like if you think that picking up a habit of reading books, which is amazing, but it is hard, start by listening to audiobooks, watch YouTube videos. There's like never before in our lifetime, we had access to so much information out there, which is just at our fingertips. Start learning from them, spend some, some time, and then, yeah, it will keep you sharp. Particularly because I'm in Sydney right now, we are in lockdown for the last one month. And we just got to know that the next month is also going to be in lockdown. So it's almost two months of lockdown now. Now, if I don't learn every single day, okay, this is very interesting. Dipansh, I want to share this. I was watching The Last Dance yesterday. Have you watched it? The documentary on Michael Jordan. All right. Do you follow basketball much or Michael Jordan much? All right, all good. There's a story that you can still relate to. Uh, He was once, um, you know, a particular moment in his career where he got uh, beat by a team. Now, after that, there was a game vacation season. Like, I think it was summertime or some sometime when they don't have any playoffs. And he he is going back to his home. And his trainer asked him, when do you want to start training? Michael Jordan just had taken a defeat. Says, tomorrow, I'll see you in the gym tomorrow. So, I think, and I, I when I watched it, I think this is the same thing that has happened with lockdown and my work. If I'm working, I'm doing whatever I can to accelerate my work, always pushing the envelope. Now, if I take this as a vacation and I don't brush up my skills, once the time starts, I'll be rough in the first few weeks. So what I can do is I start preparing my sales skill. I'll be networking with different people from different offices if they don't have a lockdown or still practicing my pitch, you know, with myself. So I'm practicing and I look at it as a, you know, like a game now that when I go back into the field, that is, you know, the sales field for me, I have had practice. So I think that's why learning every day, especially if you're in lockdown, is really important. Amazing. Thank you so much for the, uh, you know, sharing these insights. Uh, I, I can uh, definitely vouch for learning every day. And it helps me because I'm a really curious person from, you know, like a very start. And yeah. for that reason only, I'm just like curious, like what would happen if I learn this thing or what would happen if I do that? Like, for example, I'm, I recently took a course on comedy and I have no idea what I'm going to do about it. Dibanshu, what's your best joke or worst? Okay, I'm putting Not you me. in this spot. So, here's what happened. So, uh, last September, I met this monk and he mentioned that uh, because you have been practicing all these peaceful habits, uh, why don't you take it up a notch? Like, I was practicing non violence I've been vegan for two years. I, I don't hurt any animals, you know, to feed myself. But uh, he was saying that, okay, you're practicing non-violence in actions, but there are two deeper levels to it. So there's non-violence in actions, and then there is non-violence in words, like not saying any sarcastic thing, not insulting anyone. 
and the third the deepest level would be non level in uh, your thoughts like not having judgmental thoughts or not having yeah. harmful hurting thoughts so for the last 8 9 months i've been not so 90% of my jokes were hurtful like making fun of others mocking others sarcasm or you know something around that and immediately overnight it all changed and i felt like i'm becoming so boring now that i don't you know want to hurt someone you know saying those insulting words yeah so uh, i'm learning how to be funny in a secure environment where i'm not laughing at you but i'm laughing with you with you right so for the last few months almost a year i've been i've become a lot boring to be honest because i don't have fun to you know like make fun of people in that sense uh, but that's what i'm learning and i'm you know like looking forward to that how to be so i actually interviewed a, a life coach uh, who is a comedy coach as well she has been a yeah. comedian what's the best advice i gave to be uh, you know have humor so, in your life so the number one is be really comfortable with yourself yeah so we make fun of others when we are insecure in ourselves like this is a defense mechanism that if i make fun of you first you'll not be able to make fun of me yeah right i've been doing i've been doing it a lot so uh that's what i'm learning you know to be really secure and create some fun moments yeah something uh, no that's that's all good i think just talking about it you mentioning the whole story is so funny in itself and i think for you that will be you know being comfortable about sharing that story that yeah. how, somehow you met a monk and then they told you oh, all this because of i find it very funny but yeah. i think like again you know uh, and, and in a very in a very in a very you know like a uh, very normal way that i find that story funny that you you stopped speaking jokes on because you had this incident and you being comfortable about it i think is the first deeper level that goes it like you know you got to be uh i i call it authentic as well like believe authenticity yeah. is one of the the biggest trait out there that people are missing because we all want to put on faces and masks and pretend to be a person that we are not but we think we should be associated with but once you remove all of that and you are you know uh just and i think like that's that's the theme of this podcast to bring that person out uh yeah. by the end that you know they they don't feel like they're they're somewhere else and they have to speak certainly but just so, uh having the true moment in, in itself yeah that that's the chapter one of the you know comedy course i'm taking you know be authentic be yourself and just to you know like when you have these experiences these stories how to create funny moments around it so i could actually say that you know i could write about it how a monk took away all my funny things and yeah <laughs> suddenly that inspiring story becomes a funny story <laughs> yeah so uh, that that what i've been learning and it, it's so great to share all this with you because i know so this is you know like a comedy is not a one way thing it's always a two way thing right i cannot yeah. be funny if you and i are not on the same level right 100% so yeah likewise having these podcast conversations is really significant for me because i get to talk to people who i really want to talk to for two hours and the stress on record yeah. right that's why i've been doing it that you know the primary focus that i want to have a conversation a deep conversation to know more about this person i appreciate that i'm so glad we did this because i enjoyed our conversation so very much me as well the panchal i just want to say that one thing that you know you're doing great job and 
I'll just want to share something personal to me when I used to do podcasts uh, a lot of time. And I've told this to the guests as well that my my main reason of having a word with you was because I wanted to just have a conversation as a person, yeah. not for my listeners first. And I think like that, like that selfishness of just like thinking that I want something out of this person to learn is then going to bring the best out of that person because I'm genuinely interested in something and I'm asking questions that then will help people to learn as well. So I think this conversation didn't fall into one of them. This is more like, you know, just us bouncing off ideas and then just uh, talking about different stuff. And then I, I did make up, like it was an intentional uh, decision to also have you put on the spot there and ask you questions because that's, you know, I believe that is what makes a good conversation uh, to and fro of both, both the person. Yeah. So I learned a lot heaps myself in this podcast from you as well as the people and they will probably you know can make their judgments from whatever was happening and just so fascinating yeah super glad and i know it's time so maybe we'll do this again in the few months to come uh thank you so much for showing up i so much love having this conversation with you to whoever is watching and listening i'm going to put up a link in description where you can connect with shivansh um thank you so much and I just want to uh, say one last thing, Dipanshu, just see if our joke, joke fell through for the people who heard us saying when Dipanshu was selling his script for you to keep listening the whole podcast. If you're listening to us, that's a, that's a kind of good moment. Send me a DM or, Dip or Dipanshu and or take a picture of it and put it on your Instagram. So we would love to connect with you. My Instagram is my underscore uncooked underscore thoughts. Uh, you know, feel free to reach out. And Dipanshu, thanks again for, for having me here. Looking forward for more collaborations. Amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Shivan. Thank you so much for whoever watched and listened to this thing. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.